The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to the Jeff Press Podcast. My name is Justin Fareed, and I'm joined, as always, by my man, Mike Luciano. Mike, how are you doing today on this fine Wednesday afternoon? Well, I'm feeling good that we actually can put together a Wednesday show instead of just Tim Boyle sucks, Zach Wilson sucks, Trevor Simeon sucks. I mean, look, it was fun to rage about the Jets for a good part of the year. Was like, it? The Tim, the, the was Tim, it? it was, genuinely. Like, the Tim Boyle starts were just, like, pathetic. Because there was no even like points to get angry about. It's just like God, this is just sad. It's like you ever see like the one kid who like strikes out every time in little league, like eight or nine. He always sits at the bottom of the lineup and he can't feel the ball. And you're like, man, this is just this is tough to watch. That, was, that, that may or may not have been me, but go on. <laughs> I I could at least I was a really good defender and I could play like pretty much every position. I could steal base. I just wasn't a great hitter. But anyway, I was, I was a hustle kid. I, I hustled, even though I struck out a lot and I was an okay fielder. I, I hustled. For the Matt baseball Cowell. fans here, I was I was Willie Bloomquist. I played every position, and then I would hit like nothing. So <laughs> I've been that name forever. So that's that that's where I was at. But you didn't come to hear about my baseball skills or lack of same. You came to hear about Jet stuff, and we'll get to all that. Zach Wilson, Makai Becton, more rumors about Makai Becton and where he's going to go next year. But before all of that, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. We're on all those platforms: YouTube and TikTok at the Jet Press for both. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you give this stream a like. Make sure you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Again, that's just for getting us up the their charts. It's for the algorithm to boost us there. It's not for ego. Thank you guys so much. Drop me a follow on a, on Twitch, too, a subscription there, or on YouTube when you can see what I'm doing in my off time when there's less existential dread about the Jets and it's just me playing games. So if that if you're of the mindset of doing that, then I would welcome that. But before any of that, we got to talk about the Jets a conversation that would have sounded so stupid you would have gotten laughed out of the room just two weeks ago, but now you actually have to take a stance on this and defend it, which is Zach Wilson. But first, 
I believe we have a little message from our friends. I was wondering if you're going to remember. Well, I'm just getting everything set up. We have a message from our friends over at Sleeper first. I didn't, want, I, just, I didn't want to cut you off. I was like, is he going to remember? Let's see. I actually don't have the ad read up right now. So <laughs> right, we'll, we'll stall. We'll talk, talk a little bit more about Willie Bloomquist. Willie Bloomquist. Are there other guys like him? Like, remember Doug Mankiewicz? He, he was just the first baseman, though. He wasn't really like a utility guy. All right. Um, now we're just naming. Now we're doing the doozle to go to anything except. We'll we, could do, do an, we could do an entire show where we just name old old baseball players, old football players. It is very fun. I can right, do it. Here we go. Okay. Boom. Chet Press <laughs> is partnering with Sleeper Daily Fantasy to give new users a first deposit match up to $100. Make sure you use our code FANSIDED2. That is F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D-2. When signing up to receive your deposit match, please remember to always game responsibly. Scan that little QR code at the bottom of our screen to see if you qualify. So now that we got that out of the way from the most, the most, friends over there, the most professional podcast that anyone listens to for sure. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> we never sacrifice entertainment. So we will do that entertainment first. So let us entertain you with more Zach Wilson talk because his performance against the Texans. I don't know if this necessarily means that he's a lot to be back. I certainly don't think that I know there are rumors earlier on that said he was as good as gone. That no one really knows what the Jets are thinking with Zach Wilson right now. Everybody's just kind of guessing. Now, if you want to go look at what Zach Wilson has done in his last eight starts, so that's the Kansas City game onward. This can show you how stats can be a little funny sometimes and don't tell the whole story because he has 63% completion. Uh, he's on pace for 3,700 yards and a passer rating of 84.8 since, since the Kansas oh City game. So. <laughs> It's okay. I mean, but if you watching, you know that that's not what happened because that doesn't take into account all the misses, how egregious the misses were, the fumbles at really inopportune times. But then he does this against the Texans. He does this against the Texans. Not only is he good, he was fantastic. And it may be the first game in his career where the Jets won, and it was primarily because he was such an outstanding passer. All the other games he's won, I think, well, he played okay. Like the Denver game, he was okay. The Philly game, he was okay. This was Zach putting the team on his back, 30 points and a half. Yep. And now the the Zach defenders are saying, well, we got to bring him back. And I don't know. This is just me personally. I don't know if I'm there yet because Zach was great, and it looked like he got close to figuring something out. But we've also seen, we being Jets fans, have seen the lows of Zach Wilson. And the lows are – about as hard to watch. I mean, you don't even need to take our opinion for it. Every primetime game the Jets have, remember how mad guys like Troy Aikman would get watching Zach Wilson? And they've seen God knows how many horrendous, awful backup quarterbacks. Zach Wilson got them so irritated. I'd never seen anything like it because they're just saying, just throw it. You could just see it, how mad they're getting. Peyton Manning, too, on the Manning cast. So that's the low. Now, if you bring them back, you could end up getting some of the highs. And the highs, as we saw in the Texans game, boy, are they tantalizing because you're like, I could, I know we can do it. I've seen them do it. The, the entire game darts all over the field. Texans have an okay defense. Darts all over the field. The Jets, here's what would need to happen, in my opinion, for the Jets to look at Zach Wilson and say, all right, we can bring it back next year. Is he, he has to play basically like this for the rest of the year against Miami, Washington, Cleveland, and New England. We need four more Texans games or close to it. And he needs to win two of those games, in my opinion. 
I mean, if he's playing like this, I think he's winning more than two games. And if even then, like yeah, I still don't think that should deter the Jets from getting a. I don't want to say a real backup quarterback, but a guy who's better than Zach Wilson, uh, one of the higher end guys. Ryan Tannehill will be available. I think he's perfect at this stage in his career. I think Jacoby Brissett will be available again. I think Minshew has kind of played his way into a more into a bigger contract with Indianapolis or elsewhere based on how he's played this year. But there will be guys out there. And as good as Wilson is, I just can't I can't get sold on bringing him back as the number two next year. The number three would have to come with four more excellent games. And I'm like, all right, now we can bring him back. We know he's okay. He can just sit and watch, and then we'll be fine. I don't know where you are on this, Justin. Well, first of all, I feel like Zach, you know, we've we've shit on Zach a lot on this show, obviously, as have many, but he deserves so much praise for what he did this past week and his performance. As Cisco and chat said, this is offensive player of the week. Zach Wilson, we're talking about. Zach Wilson and Tommy DeVito are your two AFC and NFC offensive players of the week. That's insane. Like that is utterly insane. If you said that even six weeks ago, you would have been laughed out of everywhere, wherever you were. Like it's it's truly insane. Cisco also said my favorite podcast. Thank you so much, Cisco. That Thank means you so lot. much. Yes. Appreciate One you, of our favorite you. listeners. Yeah, I appreciate it a lot, of course. Um, but Zach deserves so much credit for how well he played this past Sunday. And like you said, Mike, this was the first game I think that Zach Wilson has won with the Jets where he is the reason that they won. Obviously, there's other things you could point to. You could point to Nathaniel Hackett opening up the playbook, calling a good second half, honestly calling overall a pretty good game. Uh, I think the skill players played pretty well, and obviously the defense continues to ball out. But they won this game because Zach Wilson, he balled out. Like he, he was, This was the best game of his NFL career. I don't think that's, a, that's even a debate at this point. Now, as far as his future is concerned, I still would be very surprised if the Jets were to bring him back. I think there's a world where it happens, but it does seem like, and we, we touched on this in the, in the post-game show on Sunday, that the team and Zach have already kind of made up their minds, or at least they made up their minds before this game. Now, it's the NFL. Anything can happen. Things can change. There's still a lot of football left to be played. There are four more games to be played. If Zach Wilson plays as well as he did against the Texans in those four games, which is highly unlikely, not just for Zach's standards, but by any quarterback standards, like that was a great game. Is not often you get a quarterback that puts up that production in five consecutive games, no matter who they are. doesn't matter if they're Zach Wilson or Patrick Mahomes. But if he somehow were to do that, you were to play as well as he did in that Texans game for the remaining, remainder of the season, you're going to have to have some serious conversations about bringing him back next season. I don't, I don't know how you can't at that point. Uh, at the very least, it's a positive because it ups his trade value. Zach Wilson playing good over the final stretch of the season is a positive for the Jets regardless of what they do. Whether he plays well and they decide to keep him because they thought that, oh, well, he's playing well, he is developing, and we're seeing at least competent backup quarterback play out of him, or he plays well and they end up moving him and they and they trade him to a different team and get more in return. Either way, that's a positive for the Jets. I'm still in the camp that says I'm not I'm not there yet. Like you said, Mike, I'm not I'm not there yet. I'm not there. And Zach, he had a great half of football, an amazing half of football, but it was still one half of football. I do think we've seen. Some growth from him this season. Now, I will. This is a fun stat. This is the first time in Zach Wilson's career since the first start of his NFL career that he has more touchdowns and interceptions in a season. Right now, he has eight touchdowns and seven interceptions. The last time he's been able to say that was week one of 2021. It was the last time that he had more touchdowns and interceptions in a season. So, obviously, there's a, a large history here, a, a lot of history saying that Zach Wilson's not a very good quarterback. But I think we have seen some growth from him, specifically this last game. Obviously, this was the best game of his career. 
So I think there's a world. I think there's a scenario where he could play his way into backup quarterback consideration for the Jets next season. I don't think it's likely. I think it's much more likely they go with a veteran option like a Ryan Tannehill, like a Gardner Minshew, whoever is available. I think that's definitely the more likely outcome. But Zach Wilson's still, what, 23, 24 years old? He's still very young. 24. 24. He'll be on the last year of his rookie contract next season. But he's still very young. And if the Jets still believe that he can be salvaged and that they can develop him, there is a world where they bring him back next season, potentially as the backup quarterback if he plays his way into that role. Well, I have two points to make on that. A point and a hypothetical to present to you. Then I'll get to some comments I want to address. Number one, you literally could have put the exact same things we're saying, just swapping teams out at one of our first podcasts last year, and it would have been the same dialogue. Willie had a couple of good games and flashes and maybe get a veteran guy and then develop him. I mean, same exact thing, because the entire reason that people are advocating for bringing him back again is the reason people advocated and won for bringing him back last year. And then that's kind of part of why we are where we are. I know not all of it is Zach Wilson, but he had a hand in it. My quick counterpoint would be that Zach Wilson we saw on Sunday is, the, is a very different Zach Wilson than we saw last year at any point. There have been flashes in the past. Sunday was more than a flash for me. Like that was more than like I'm not I'm not saying I'm sold on the guy. I'm not saying I think he's going to be a good even a backup caliber quarterback. But I'm more confident that he can play in this league now than I ever have been. You know, if you asked me a few weeks ago, I would have said I don't know if he plays. I don't know if he's another starts of the game in the NFL. Now I think there's definitely a much better chance of that happening. Now, here's the hypothetical, because you just got named GM of the Jets. They fired Joe Douglas and hired you. I don't – this is too much. I don't want this. (laughs) Well, tough luck. You're getting it anyway. You know, people would kill for this job, and you're getting it for free. (laughs) But anyway. For free. uh, You don't get paid. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so what did I say his passer rating was in the first – 84.8? I'm like that, yeah. Let's say his passer rating in the next four games is that which logically would be on par with what he's been since Kansas City, 84.8 for the remaining four games. Then what do you do? I, I can't answer that because I don't know. Like, passer rating, I don't know how he actually played in those games. Stats can be misleading. I, I, don't, I don't know how he actually well, played. Well, it's, it's some, in a, a four-game span throwing, I don't know, six touchdowns and three picks. So there's enough where he's moving the ball, enough where he's making plays on his own. There's still the boneheaded – He'll make a bad pick. He'll fumble an inopportune time, like in the Houston game, which was that that could have been a changing point. It just luckily it wasn't, but a, a lot more of the same, just with more of the Houston polish in there and a lot less of the Buffalo, New England nightmare games. Then what do you do? I, I think for me, not I mean, not even for me. Well, I'll answer this as if I was Joe Douglas, right? Not that I'm me, as if I was Joe Douglas. I think the only way that Zach Wilson's back next season is if he plays at a, at a higher level than that for the remainder of the season. He needs to play very similar to what he did in that Texans game because I think the two sides have already pretty much agreed that they're moving on. Obviously, there was the report that came out that we talked about on Sunday as well that said that the, the Jets straight up told Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson agreed that they were going to mutually part ways after he was initially benched this season. That was That was the report that came out. And if that's the case, and if we're believing that, it's very hard to come back from that. It is very difficult to, difficult to mutually agree to part ways. And then a few weeks later, after that player plays well, say, all right, no, we're going to bring you back next year as the backup. That's a very difficult conversation to have. And I think the only way you can end up having that conversation is if he plays so well that you're like, well, we can't move on now because we're seeing the clear development from him and we want to bring him back and believe that he could still, the only way I'll say this, the only reason they would bring Zach Wilson back next season as the backup is if they believe he has an actual opportunity or an actual chance to replace Aaron Rodgers in the future. 
that I don't think they bring him back next season and go, all right, well, he's just going to be a competent backup for us. No, I think they bring him back if they believe he can still be the future. And it's going to take a lot over the remaining four games of the season for it to get to that point. So if he's just playing good football, I don't think that's enough. I think that's enough to improve his draft or his his uh, his, his trade value, absolutely. But I don't think it would be enough to for the Jets to bring him back or for Wilson to want to return because I think it's also – that's part of it too. I, I think Wilson is, is excited for a fresh start. I, I, I think that's part of it too. So I, I think, yeah, I think he just, he would need to play at pretty much the level he did against the Texans at, a, at an extremely high level, which is a high bar to set. And it's an unfortunate ask, but I think that's just where the situation is and how much that relationship between them has devolved. Uh, so I think there's a world where it happens, but I think it's unlikely. Let's get to a couple quick comments here. Uh, Ramon Hill, the media and fans are why we got Boyle, meaning why Boyle was starting anyway. The kid has improved. O-line needs to get continuity. <laughs> Offense needs to stop with the dumb false starts and wide receivers need to catch the ball and not blindside block. I mean, is this – last this, part is just Alan Lazard. That yeah, last just part Lazard, was, but was just I mean, is, hasn't this been the Zach Wilson argument for literally his entire career? We're seeing improvement if everything else worked. It, it, that's the tough part I'm, I'm trying to reconcile because I do know he's getting better. Like legitimately I see he's getting better. Yeah. He's a lot better this year than he was last year. Now he's still not very good, but he still is a lot better than he was. But these are the same, not excuses, but the same justifications of, well, the old line's bad, no continuity, bad play calling. Like, so if I bring him back, it's like, why am I expecting that things are going to be different? Because even if he gets better, I still don't think he's going to be at a level where he can ever overcome a lot of that stuff. Like that's always going to be, he could be doing this seven years from now. We're going to hear about O-line and play calling because that's just kind of what he is as a player. I also, I want to push back on the, the media and fans part. Not there wasn't, I don't think it was a single person in the media or fans calling for Tim Boyle to play. I don't think anyone was saying that. It would have Trevor Simeon. So if the media is the reason that, that Zach was benched, well, he would have just been benched for Trevor Simeon. If that was the case, no one was calling for Tim Boyle. Maybe you could possibly argue. And I think there is some legitimacy to there being a lot of pressure on Robert Sala to show that, all right, I'm trying to make changes here. And that's where I could see the whole Zach Wilson is scapegoated argument because, no, I don't think Zach Wilson was the only issue, obviously, with the Jets offense, but he was a significant issue. And it was a significant issue that, that Robert Sala was willing to make a change on. And I think part of the reason he was willing to make that change was because of so much outside pressure. So you could argue that. I don't think it's a large reason. I don't think it's the only reason by any means. Uh, and I also don't think that Boyle playing has anything to do with the fans or media. But I could see the argument for why Robert Sala is like, like he's basically like, hey, look, I'm trying with Zach Wilson. I'll give it a try with someone else, and I'll show you it's just as bad. I could see that that like line of thought, but, but not even that flippantly. Like, yeah, let's see what happens. I think he was at a point where it's just like, I something like I gotta try something because they couldn't get rid of Hackett. They couldn't get rid of Hackett. They benched Lazard. They they were they cut Michael Carter. They cut Michael Carter. They replaced replaced CJ Ozama. They tried to make some offensive line changes wherever they could. It wasn't working. Nothing was working. And if that's the case, the last thing you can do is is bench the quarterback, and that's what they did. And then Cisco back. Uh, if we bring him back, what's the minimum we could give him? Well, that's the tough part is he's still got one more year on his yeah, deal. Making so $11 million next year. He's compensated very well. So that's an expensive backup number one, an expensive number three quarterback especially. Very, It'd be the most, I believe, the highest paid backup in football next year. I don't think anyone's making more than 11 million that I know. At least, I mean, obviously. The, Unless it's like a starter that got, you know, displaced. Right, right. Right. And then Rich Galasso, uh, three years invested in Zach. If he's shown improvement overall by the end of the year, why would you trade him for a low value pick? And 
I, I see, I get that argument. I really do because you're finally starting to see some positive returns. And if hypothetically he finishes at a level of competence close to what he did against Houston, that's significant improvement. Why just get rid of him when he's improving now? Like I get that, but also I think there were like Darnold was regressing, but they just got blown away by what the Panthers offered for Sam Darnold. They're like, okay, we'd be stupid to not take this. And there's a sucker born every minute. And if one team is coached by an even coached or I guess Ron rather by an even bigger Zach Wilson truther than Joe Douglas is. And they're like, yeah, we'll give them like, imagine if they get like a third even for Zach Wilson. I think they take that immediately knowing that this guy was not even remotely in the plans. He was a third string guy two weeks ago. And then you could convert him into a third round pick based on a couple games. Like that, that's the thing. Like the organization, I think had some belief in Zach Wilson. Then when you make him the third string, I think the belief has eroded. So now with the beliefs all the way back, was the belief ever truly out? Well, if they're truly out, why was he the third string? Like, I, I, I don't know how they, the, the making him of the third string, that's a really puzzling one because it completely threw me off center in terms of what they, what they think of Zach. They, they did that. And again, I'm, I, I am trusting that that report from that Utah based outlet is, is correct here is accurate. They did that seemingly because they did not plan or expect him to play a single snap again for the remainder of the season. They had no plans for that. Now, what does that say about how much they may have overvalued Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon? I don't know. Specifically, Tim Boyle. I mean, if they they benched him for Tim Boyle and they made Zach Wilson the third string, expecting that he's not going to play again, they thought that Tim Boyle would be would be okay enough to play the rest of the year. I, I, that's amazing to me. That's insane to me. But I guess that is a, a whole different conversation. Uh, but I think ultimately, you know, what it comes down to, Rich, it's just like the relationship is eroded. The re- relationship has deteriorated. And it's really hard to salvage that relationship. It goes more, it goes beyond like, oh, he's developing now. He's playing well. How can you get rid of him? It's like, well, one, why does Zach want to even be back here next season? You already told the guy he's gone. It's really hard to come back from that. I'm not saying it's impossible because I do think there's a world where it happens. But he would need to play really, really well for the Jets to have to consider that. Also, I wouldn't call it a low value pick right now. I mean, what was reported before this past game, before he just went out and, and played really well against the Texans, I think it was Rich Samini that reported the Jets could get like a fifth round pick back from. Uh, that's not low value. And I imagine that might only go up, especially if he has another couple of games, even remotely close to the Texans game. You could Didn't get, they a, get four. a four for Chris Herndon. It was like a, well, it was like a four and a five swap, I think, or something like that. I think I thought it was a straight up one. Cause I'm like for Chris, who actually really well, liked in the draft. And I thought it was going to be pretty good. Chris Herndon is, is in Jordan Jenkins territory of me being like, I thought this guy's going to be elite to the NFL player for a long time. And then he just disappeared after he left the jets. Oh, it was, it was him in a sixth for a fourth. Actually, yeah, that's fourth became Michael Clemens, oddly enough. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, got, got a contributor out of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So four to six swap. But yeah. J- Joe Douglas has, has shown that he can get good value out of trades. I would not be surprised at all if he got good value for Zach Wilson. Like, if you're thinking they're going to get, like, a sixth-round pick for him, I'd be very surprised if they only got a sixth-round pick. I think it'll be at a, at a bare minimum a fifth. And if he plays well over the next few weeks, it should be more than that. One more Wilson comment that we'll move on to uh, We'll move on to our next topic, which is uh, Cisco. You think that he meant the Jets. You think the Jets should go for Spencer Rattler? And we'll get more into Jets stuff, like draft stuff, a little bit later, but – if they find a way to somehow trade down and accrue more picks, right now they only have the one and the three, I think. If they find a way to maybe get another third in there, and then you go, you go, here are, here's our quarterback situation. We'll get rid of Zach. 
We'll have Rodgers, veteran backup to be named later, and then the third round pick. That that to me seems like a better, like a better plan of attack than hoping and dreaming and praying that Zach Wilson's going to turn around finally. I'm blanking here, but for comp picks, when do they kick in? Like, so for this year's comp picks, free agency comp picks for like, or say for 2024 free agency, do those comp picks, like those comp compensatory picks, kick in in the 2024 draft? That's for the year, year after, I think. Okay, that's what I thought. All right, so because I, I was gonna be like, hey, they can get a third round comp pick if Bryce Huff walks, but yeah, I mean, Huff would be the year after for that. That'll be for 2025. Okay, yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, as far as Spencer Rattler is concerned and any quarterbacks, I would be very surprised if the Jets used any kind of a high draft pick on a quarterback at this point. Uh, I, I know it goes against what they just did in the last year's draft, but I do think they're going to try and address needs that help them in the present in the draft. I know they didn't really do that in this year's draft, uh, but I imagine the pressure is even higher, you know, or it's even more on them next year. And I don't think for basically, I mean, you're, you're realistically, they have one year of Aaron Rodgers. If they get another year after that, that'd be amazing. But realistically, they're going into next year being like, this might be the only year of Aaron Rodgers healthy that we get. So we're going to try and build around them. I, I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback, at least with a top, you know, I don't think they'd use a top 100 pick on a quarterback. I, I, I'm serious. So now we'll get into our next topic with Rob Serafinowicz, uh, with a scathing review, the best thing you can say about Becton is that he's playing. He's played as an awful left tackle, and you could start using the term bust. And that goes into our Makai Becton discussion because Rich Cimini on his podcast basically hinted there's a strong chance Makai Becton is not back next year. And th- this one, I think this is a more legitimate – this one has, I think, more in the pro-Becton camp and more in the anti-Becton camp kind of going against each other. This is a stronger argument than the Wilson one because Makai Becton – who they're not going to franchise tag him, as Rich Samini said. That would be way too expensive. No way. For Makai Becton. So let, let's do the positives first. The positives are this is the best year of his career. There are times where even on a bad offensive line, which can really create some, some tough situations because like, how many offensive lines is one guy amazing and everybody else has got awful? Like Typically that will seep over a little bit, so he's kind of struggled along with the collective unit. but. He's actually been one of the healthy ones, oddly enough, and he's performed pretty well, pretty well. An average tackle, maybe slightly above average, like 60th percent or something like that is where I'd probably put Becton. Now, I get why you want to bring him back. Also, because this free agency class is not particularly good for offensive tackles. One of the big names out there is Tyron Smith, but he's had a bunch of injury problems also, and he's going to be even more expensive than Becton. So there's really not a quick veteran fix. And if you want to get a guy in the draft, the top three tackles pretty much in consensus are Olu Fashanu from Penn State, Joe Alt from Notre Dame, and J.C. Latham, or Latham, I think it's Latham, from Alabama, with Fashanu and Alt kind of above Latham a little bit. They're the top two. They're going to be top 10 locks. The Jets could end up with one of those guys, but if they win a couple extra games, I don't think they'll be in the range for either of them. And outside of that, this is actually a pretty deep tackle class, but there's really not like another round one kind of lock. Maybe a Marius Mims, but he's been hurt a ton this year. So this tackle class may not necessarily be solid gold like it may have looked earlier. So that's another tough thing about replacing Beckton. There's not a ton of great options out there. But he gets hurt all the time. He struggles against specific kinds of players. Like if you just have enough speed, you can get by him. 
in year four. Like, it's very obvious. And plus, with a guy that big with his injury history, he may be healthy now, but you never know. He steps a weird one way. Maybe his, you know, his leg just gives out a little bit. And then you're out with Makai Becton, and you don't have a left tackle again. This one's tough because they've trusted Makai Becton so much that they did not put Dwayne Brown back in as the starter. They left Makai over there and said, you're our left tackle. I'm a left tackle. Okay, fine. You're a left tackle. Here you go. That seems like a lot of trust and investment in him. But I still don't think he's a lock to return just because, like with Wilson, if things go wrong, they go really, really wrong. And I don't know if you want to risk that in your supposed championship or bust year with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, there, there were a few interesting notes in that Samini report. The first of which was, like you've touched on, they're not going to franchise tag Mike Beckton. I've seen a lot of people throw that out there. I don't think the Jets will use their franchise tag. I know people are like, oh, they could just tag Beckton. Oh, they could just tag Bryce Huff. That's really, really, really expensive. And the Jets do not have a ton of cap flexibility going into next year because of all the restructures that they've already done. All the dead cap. players hated to piss them off too. So yeah, yeah, that that as well. I mean, you you already pushed a lot of dead cap in the future doing that. I did find something interesting that I didn't realize about the franchise tag. I I think the franchise tag is not separated for offensive linemen. It's just all offensive linemen, which that's very dumb. There's it's no tackles up. or guards separately. It is split up for D tackle and defensive end. It is not split up for offensive line. Which well, is I remember they split up for linebackers too. I think it might have been the whole Khalil Mack with the Raiders thing. I think yeah, they might have done yeah. it because they were well, trying to pay him as a linebacker and he wanted to get paid as an end. And it's not split up for linebacker, but I imagine the deal with that was Mack saying, "I'm a defensive end, not a linebacker." Even though that's what it was. Yeah, it was probably that. It's a very archaic way to do it, but that's. I mean, that's I, this doesn't really mean too much for Beckton, but that's real. Imagine you wanted to franchise tag a center, like you're paying him twenty one million dollars. Yeah, with the like, Jets, they don't have a ton of other guys. Maybe they will tag Joe Tipman eventually. I don't know. <laughs> I, it's, that's just a wild. Like I was just looking at it, like that's wild. But yeah, the franchise tag projected for an offensive lineman next year is twenty one point seven million. The Jets oh, are not God. paying Mackay Beckton twenty one point seven million. I'm sorry, they're just they're not doing that. So they're not going to tag. Him. That, so that means if Wilson comes back, you would pay Zach Wilson and Mackay Beckton, admitted not good picks by yeah. Joe Douglas, thirty two million dollars in yeah. a championship or bust year. Yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. They're not paying. They're not tra- they're not tagging Mackay Beckton. In that report, Samini basically said that the only way that he does possibly come back would be on, be on like a one year prove it deal. But there's a couple of reasons why I and also Samini don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, first of all, I think there's going to be a team out there that gives him more than that. I think there's a team that's going to take a chance on his talent, see that, you know, knock on wood, hopefully he stays healthy for, later, for the remainder of the season, that he stayed healthy this year. And they're going to take a chance on his talent because they saw the guy that we all saw in his rookie season and they saw the guy we saw at Louisville and they know how what his upside is. I imagine there, you know, because there's not a lot of very young, high upside offensive tackles that hit free agency. That rarely happens. So I imagine some team's going to come calling with like a four-year deal, you know, giving him probably what, $15 million of deal, something like I could legitimately see that $15 million a year over four years. I can see that the Jets will not consider doing that. They will not do that. Uh, so I think one, you're just going to have other teams that are going to outbid the Jets Two, it's very similar to the Zach Wilson thing where I just think, I think the relationship and the trust between Beckton and the coaching staff is kind of deteriorated and it's, 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 I don't think there's a lot left there. Uh, I don't think his comments this offseason, this this spring specifically, sat well, where he essentially blamed the coaching staff for his injury last season. And I'm, first of all, let me make this clear. I'm very, very excited and happy that Mekhi Becton has been able to get in the best shape of his life and, and stay healthy this season. And even if he hasn't been amazing, 
he's been on the field. And that is a huge win for Mekhi Becton, given what he's gone through the last two years. So I'm very happy for him. But I think his relationship with the Jets has kind of deteriorated to the point where it just makes sense for both sides to move on. Uh, again, very similar to the, to the Zach Wilson situation. I think Becton is pretty would be pretty happy moving on, especially if he got a, a nice shiny paycheck from a new team. And I think the Jets are in a situation where I just – I get the vibe that his – personality or whatever doesn't mesh well with the Jets coaching staff. I don't know what it would be. I'm not in that locker room. I'm not in that building. But based on what others have said and what I've just kind of noticed, I don't think I don't think they mesh very well. Uh, and so because of that, I just I don't think he'll be back next year. Is it possible he returns on a one year to prove it deal? Maybe. I, I, I think it's more likely that Zach Wilson is on the Jets roster next year than Mekhi Becton. I don't know if that's wow. a hot take. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a hot take. I just, I don't. Sounds like it. <laughs> maybe it is. I don't know. But I, I just, I don't think, I don't think Beckton's back next year. And it is tough because now you're going into the offseason. You need to replace two tackles. I know everyone will be like, oh, David Bakhtiari, David Bakhtiari. Well, he has the oh, same. Oh, no, please. No, no. He, he has the same, if not more issue, or definitely more issues than Tyron Smith when it comes to injuries. And he's not getting any younger. Like, Bakhtiari, I'm, you I'm not kidding. For most of the year, I thought he retired. You know, he's still there. He's just <laughs> out. He's just hurt. But he, he's uh, he is uh I think they're gonna cut him at the end of the year. I'm pretty sure they have an out in his contract. It's like I don't think it's a very good one, uh, but I'm pretty sure that they have an out in his contract. They're gonna take a lot of dead cap to do that, the Packers. But you know, as soon as they do that, not only will that be a rumor, but I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is gonna go, hey. Look, look over here, David Bakhtiari. And I, look, I'm in favor of it. If the Jets bring him in and Bakhtiari's like, yeah, I'll take $2 million to play for the Jets. Yeah, do it. Go for it. Absolutely do that. Don't count on him to stay healthy for a full season. You can't do that. But I'm totally fine if they want to bring him in, you know, just because he's Roger's buddy. But no, he can't He can't be the guy you're relying on. And like you said, it's, it's tough. I do very much expect them to draft an offensive tackle in the first round. Hopefully they can get one of the top guys. But either way, I do expect that to happen. But it's really tough to go into an offseason needing to replace two tackles. So I think I don't I don't know if I've said this on the show already, but I think it's fair to suggest that there's a chance Elijah Vera Tucker is your right week one right tackle next season. Because it's a lot easier to add a guard in free agency than it is a tackle. Uh, and so I think there's definitely a possibility where they go into next season with rookie left tackle and Elijah Vera Tucker right tackle. But as far as Becton's concerned, I don't know. It makes me sad because I'm rooting for him and I will always root for him in the NFL. I want to see him succeed, but I just, I think it makes sense for both sides to move on. I think it'll be heavily influenced by where they end up in the draft. Cause let's just yeah. say Zach stinks it up again and they, they keep losing the rest of these games. Then they end up probably with a top 10 pick and then you're in prime Fashanu or alt range. And I legitimately, I haven't like done like the, the finalized like gray or anything for those guys yet. I've seen, bits and pieces of them and all that they look pretty good but if they get Fashano or all if it they'll probably think like all right you know what we can get one of them honestly I'm not really sure who it would be right now but one of them will probably end up being your tackle forever long AVT at right tackle I think Tomlinson's got one more year and then you go Tipman and then is McGovern under for another year or is he a free no, McGovern McGovern will only be back next year if he wants to be a backup like it's I, I don't, and honestly, given what he got in free agency, I I see that as a real possibility. You know, I, I wanted to probably be right guard to be named later. Yeah, Tipman, Vera Tucker, Tomlinson, and then probably Alter for Shanu. But mm-hmm. if they keep winning and they end up with seven wins, and those three tackles are probably going to be gone, and they maybe want a repeat of, I know that they say that they didn't want Roger Jones or any of the tackles out there yet, but or let's just let's just say they did and they miss out on them. 
You think they're going to want to risk it two years in a row? I think then they'll say like, all right, you know what? Just missed him. Let's just bring Becton back. We'll get a, I'll get a tackle at some point, maybe trading down, but he won't be able to start right away. And then we'll just roll with Becton and then come whenever may after that. I, I did want to dive more into like the future of the O-line, but we, we could do that at a future date. But if I'm predicting, I'll do this really quick. If I'm predicting what the Jets offensive line is going to look like next year, or at least what I want it to look like. Rookie left tackle, Lincoln Tomlinson at left guard, because I, for as much as he hasn't lived up to that contract, he's stayed healthy. Knock on wood. He has stayed healthy, which is a, a premium for this Jets offensive line. Joe Tittman center, right guard. That's to be determined. Maybe free agency is probably the most likely route for that. Uh, and then Elijah Vera Tucker, right guard. I think you br- – I honestly try and bring back Billy Turner because I, I, he played well this past week. We didn't get to talk about him, but he actually played very well this past week. Maybe Jake Hansen plays himself in that role. Is there a gas leak in your house? I, look, look. I've watched Max Mitchell play right tackle most of this year. Billy Turner was a significant upgrade, which is not saying much. Billy Turner – I mean, take PFF grades for what they're worth. Billy Grader, Billy Turner – was the highest graded Jets offensive lineman in a single game since week one this past week. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let me believe that Billy Turner can be a competent swing tackle. I think he's fine. Like genuinely, I think he's a fine swing tackle. Everybody hates swing tackles because they're all bad and they're backup offensive tackles and they're, they're bad because of that, but he's fine. You're not going to get many better backup swing tackles in my opinion than Billy Turner. And at least he knows the system, whatever, all that stuff. So I think he can be back. Wes Schweitzer, I believe is under contract next year. Um, so I wouldn't mind him being back. I think he's quality depth. The, the issue with him is he just can't stay healthy. Like he always gets injured. He's had a ton of injuries in his career. Um, but I think it looks something like that. Maybe Max Mitchell, Carter Warren can compete for one roster spot. I'm almost, I don't know how to say I'm done with Max Mitchell, but he's definitely on the bubble going into next year. Just uh, regret- he was not that bad last year. He wasn't. I never thought he was as good as some people, you know, were like, oh, there are people like, oh, like he could be a starter long-term. And I'm like Nate Herbig could have been, I miss Nate Herbig. Yeah, he's he's in Pittsburgh now, right? He's, he's in Pittsburgh. Steelers, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's with the Steelers. I think his brothers on the Steelers too. He is Nick Nick Herbig. Yeah, they got they have a bunch of brother duos in Pittsburgh because they have the Haywards as well, Connor and Cam, and then sons too with Joey Porter, senior junior. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a family reunion in Pittsburgh. It's fun. Um, but yeah, I, I can see the Jets' O line looking something like that. Obviously, you know, we'll see which depth pieces they end up bringing back. Maybe Jake Hansen, who shout out Jake Hansen, he played well this past week, held up at right guard, was definitely better than Xavier Newman and Chris Glazer. Not that that's saying much, but he was. Uh, but I, I can see the Jets whole line looking like that. But anyway, we can talk more about that in the coming weeks because we're going to talk a little bit of Pro Bowl really quick. A little, little, little Pro Bowl before we get into the Dolphins. Uh, Pro Bowl voting is open, so I, I, I highly encourage Jets fans to, to vote for your favorite players because right now, Jets ain't doing so well in the Pro Bowl voting. Uh, there's only a few guys that are even in the top ten. And it's Charles not Charles Gardner, not among them in cornerbacks, nope. even though he's – Probably the best in the league. Neither is DJ Reed. Quinn and Williams not top 10. CJ Mosley not top 10. Obviously, none of their edge rushers are top 10. Uh, you know who is, though? Jordan Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead, I think, is like the third safety right now in the AFC in voting. There's a real shot Jordan Whitehead could make the Pro Bowl, which would be hilarious. I remember reading something about how it was about how in elections, a lot of it, like they wonder about how people were primaries, about like, you know, school board positions that aren't really like, you don't know, everybody's issues. I remember somebody saying that legitimately being first alphabetically and being like the first on yeah. one of the ballots like helps you because they're like, all right, as long as they're with the party that you like, you just pick the first person. Like, I think that happens sometimes with Pro Bowl bowling. 
They don't scroll down to the G part and they pick someone from the A's. I I mentioned this really quickly before we started the show. I'm pretty sure the reason Whitehead is as high as he is is because if you go to the Pro Bowl voting and you don't sort by team, it's automatically sorted for each position by by a specific statistic. And I believe for defensive backs, it's interceptions. And so if you're looking at Jordan Whitehead and you go to strong safety and it shows Jordan Whitehead, I'm pretty sure he might lead all strong safeties with four interceptions. So his name's right there. He's the first guy. And everyone's like, oh, this guy must be good. If you don't, if you don't watch football and you're just kind of voting based on the stats you see, it makes sense that he's up there. And obviously, Sauce Gardner does not have an interception this year. Because no so one throws at him. Doesn't he have like right. seven games in a row of two catches or less or yeah. something like that? Seven games in a row with two or few two or fewer catches allowed. Uh God, he's so good. He's amazing. He's he's so, so, so good. Thankfully, fan voting only counts for 33% of the overall Pro Bowl voting. The other 66% is or you know, whatever you do the math is, is 33% for players, 33% for coaches. Okay. Let's do fractions here, Justin. Well, we go, okay. Cause 33, it's, it's dumb. Cause it's 33.33, you know, repeating whatever. So technically 33 plus 33 plus 33 would not be a hundred, but you know what I mean? We don't get to get the math. Okay. You, you know what I understand? You know what I'm saying? All right. <laughs> but anyway, I, there's a reason I got a B in statistics my freshman year for these reasons. For this, just so you talk about this, the 33. No, 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 the reason that that, I don't want to talk about that. Oh, yes, I agree. Because I agree. of my I, lack of mathematical knowledge. I'm not John Urschel here. I did not take a math class in college. I did not. I have not taken a math class since high school, which was 2016, 2015, 16. <laughs> like 20 years math. ago. I'm like, wait a minute. How old are you? <laughs> I am 38 years old. Did you not know that? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I need to put on uh, some weight there, if I'm being honest. Or 30, or yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I, I, if we're talking guys who should make the Pro Bowl, there's a few obvious ones. Sauce Gardner should obviously make the Pro Bowl. DJ Reed should. He won't. I'm telling you right now, DJ Reed's probably not going to make the Pro Bowl. He gets overshadowed by Sauce Gardner, and that is a goddamn shame. Michael Carter is not going to make the Pro Bowl, even though he absolutely should, because the NFL is behind 20 years with this stuff, and they still group all corners together. So there is no specific nickel corner position. It is. I mean, they still have outside linebacker and and like like in, so like Jermaine Johnson is competing against. Four three outside linebackers for like for the for the same Pro Bowl spot, which is just so dumb. Um, it's very very behind behind in the times with that, very archaic. So unfortunately, Michael Carter won't get in for that same reason. But at the very least, Sauce Gardner should get in. I want Quinnen Williams to make it. I hope he does. I'm less optimistic just because the sack numbers aren't there for him this year. But I don't think there are more than three defensive tackles in the NFL who are better than him. So if we're starting with that, and of course Quincy Williams, I think Quincy Williams will get in. I think that's one of one of the Jets because he's currently fourth in Pro Bowl voting, uh, third I believe in the AFC, which is a shame. So he's behind Roquan Smith, which fair, and Foye Aluakon of the Jags. He's good. He's had a good year, but give, give me Quincy he, over. He's Foye. one of those guys. Again, they're soaring by tackles. He's got a bunch of tackles. He always leads the league in tackles. Yes. Give me give me Quincy Williams over Foye Aluakon. I need give me CJ Mosley over Foye. You know what I'm interested in looking at? I don't have the full number here. I think there's a chance. Is Quentin Jefferson higher than Quentin Williams? Because Jefferson's got like a lot more sacks than Quentin. And they're like, oh, he must be having a great year. I don't know if all the numbers are out, but there is definitely a chance that that's the case, which is crazy. That that's would, that would, it's like, why, why are we talking about football if that's the case then? If that's what people believe. If Solomon Thomas has more sacks than Quentin Williams, I believe this year. Well, he's clearly the better player then. Yeah, obviously. obviously right? yeah, he has four sacks. Quentin Williams has three sacks. Of course, that means he's definitely better. Uh, if, if somehow like Quentin Jefferson had more votes than Quinn Williams, which he might, that would be like the perfect uh, argument for just banning Pro Bowl voting for fans. Like just saying these guys should not be voting on this. They clearly don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're doing. 
Um, and honestly, no. It's like how Derrick Rose almost makes the All Star game every year for some reason. He has a it's big following. He has a big following. But <laughs> and no, no disrespect to Jordan Whitehead. I know we've shit on him a lot on the show. I don't think he's as bad. Look, for as much shit as I talked about Jordan Whitehead, I think he's a starting caliber safety. I don't think he's like awful. Uh, but if he were to make the Pro Bowl, that's another reason for just like saying no. Fans should not be voting on the Pro Bowl. Where's Garrett Wilson in the wide receiver voting? I don't know. He's not top ten. I think they've only that's- released the top tens. If so, you if Rodgers was playing, this guy forget top ten. Yeah, <laughs> mortal lock. Yep. I mean, he, the guy, I think he has a thousand eight. yards this year. Uh, he's close to it if he hasn't hit it already. I don't think he's hit it quite yet. He's close though. I think. Uh, Eight fifty three. Yeah, he's on his pace. yards per game are like identical to what it was last year, and he had eleven hundred last year. He's so. on pace to, to have eleven hundred yards in the first two seasons of his career with the worst quarterback playing football. Seven quarterbacks in his first two years. Yep. Oh, he's amazing. But he's, he's probably more like the Pro Bowl because of that. Because he's not, he doesn't have the touchdowns because the Jets offense just doesn't have touchdowns. It's all statistical based. So he's not going to make the Pro Bowl. Brees Hall is not going to make the Pro Bowl as well, even though – I mean, I don't know if I'd argue Brees Hall should make the Pro Bowl this year. I do think Garrett Wilson should. I don't know. How many receivers make it in the AFC for, for conference? Is it five for conference? Four or five, mm-hmm. I think. It's four or five. Some, I think um, it's five. If yeah. it's five, I, yeah, I think you can make an argument that Garrett Wilson's a top five receiver in the AFC. I think you can make that argument. So it's funny too. When we were talking about like got, but but we were planning the show. I almost didn't want to talk about Sauce because I'm like, well, obviously Sauce is going to get in, and then now this happened. Nope. So. I, it's I I still think it's I still think he'll get in. I think he has enough respect from his players that are not named Chauncey or you know, CJ Gardner Johnson uh, that he'll get in. Uh, but and I think he also has an obviously enough respect from coaches. So I think he'll still get in, but. If he doesn't, that's an absolute travesty because it'll be funny because he probably won't get Pro Bowl. If he like, if he doesn't get Pro Bowl, it's funny because he's probably getting All-Pro anyway. So it'll be really funny to see him not make the Pro Bowl and then get like first-team All-Pro or second-team All-Pro again. That'd be pretty funny. Brian Sternbeck says, we will have failed as a fan base if Thomas Moore stays yes. not in the Pro Bowl. Yes, and and I like that you just brought that up as a little teaser. I, and I'm, another thing. I'm sure some people have seen on Twitter, Thomas Morris been doing some interviews with people this week. He is doing another interview with the Jet Press. This is like, I think the fourth one, that the fourth time we've talked to him. Amazing dude. Always love talking to Thomas. Uh, get that man to the Pro Bowl. I think I'm talking to him tomorrow. Not sure when it's coming out, but keep an eye on that. It might come out by Friday, whatever. Either way, get that man to the Pro Bowl. He deserves it. He is seventh, I believe, in Pro Bowl voting right now. I think fourth or fifth amongst AFC punters. Uh, he has not been in a Pro Bowl since 2012. He's been to one Pro Bowl in his career, uh, and according to him, he's been an alternate like six or seven times. Get this man to the Pro Bowl. Get him to the Pro Bowl. Get Greg Zerline there too because he deserves it. Wildly, I know it's because he was hurt, but Justin Hardy is not even on the voting. You can't even vote for him. Like, there's no he's not on the ballot, which is so annoying because he is in my. I don't think you could find three better special teams players, you know, gunners in the NFL than Justin Hardy. He might be the best. It's uh, funny now that Matthew Slater is retired, like every year, like people obviously can't judge special teams talent. So like they would just vote for Matthew Slater every year. Now they actually have to think about explain. it. Is he he's still playing? Oh my God. I thought he was yeah, no, he's still in the Patriots. He's still there. He's still there. He's still playing. Yep. Is he 38? I think 38. Yep. He has one career catch. <laughs> and he's Matthew made what? Eight? How many Pro Bowls? He made eight, nine, 10, 10. <laughs> He is every year from 2011 to 2021, except for 2018. He is a wide receiver by position who has made 10 times as many Pro Bowls as he has career catches. All pro eight times. Wow. Is he? It's funny, too, because Jackie Slater's dad also played right tackle till he was like 40. So there's just something about longevity. 
not to start He's the like, dialogue. I, I never care about this dialogue anyway. But is Matthew Slater a Hall of Famer? <laughs> well, the, it used to be is Steve Tasker a Hall of Famer because Steve Tasker was like the first like great special team guy, and they didn't put Steve Tasker in. So I, I mean, guess how many guys have eight team for eight time first team All Pros and they don't make the Pro Bowl? I, I can't imagine anyone. Is I guess that's player. that's why like Ray Guy got in and mm-hmm. eventually. So <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Hall of Fame dialogue anyway. Um, oh, I love it. Like, it it's funny, I, I, too, because I'm so more like an open hall guy. My dad like would have like five players in if he was in charge of the Hall of Fame. So I think it's it's so – I don't know. I'm not, I've, never, I've never really cared about the Hall of Fame dialogue. Even like – I mean, look, Joe Clark would deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, and I'm glad he's finally in. But ultimately, I was like, ah, does it really matter? Like, do, do we really – does it make him any less good of a player? No, like I don't really care. Uh, I don't know if it's a hot take. I also don't care about uniforms and jerseys. That's another hot take of mine. Oh, I do. I care immensely about that. So, <laughs> I, so many people do. So many people get like so up in arms about it. And I'm just like, anytime a new jersey comes out, everyone's like, oh, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. And I'm just like, it's fine, man. It's All right. That Rams white where it's like, it's like a washed white, like a bone oh, color. Is that the gradient one that they have or is that different? No, no, no. That's like, it used to be their like road uniform and then everybody hated it. So they stopped wearing it. Wait, are you talking like 2010s Rams? No, like, the current one, the new one. Oh, 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 I don't mind those. Oh, those are awful. Eh, see, that's how I feel. I, that I, that so and cool. the Bucks creamsicles. Oh, you don't like the creamsicles? They're t- people, when they came out, they were made fun of all the time. Now they're like, it's like a class, it's like it's aged well. It's like a cold yeah, People used to hate it. You know, there's movies <laughs> that come out and everyone hates them. And then years later, everyone's like, oh, this is actually so fun. I mean, it's nostalgia. It's not for. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, you came here for Jets Dolphins talk, so we'll get to that. I could rant about how those creamsicle jerseys are with the winking pirate with a sword in his mouth. We should do in the. I could rant about that forever, but I think off, we need to get to Jets Dolphins in the off season. We should rank every Jets jersey in in their history. That would be. A we really should. Good. The thing though with the Jets is they never like they haven't made like a ton of wholesale changes, so a lot of them are very. Similar. We also rank. We can rank the logos and stuff. I'm just thinking out loud now. I'm really just throwing ideas out there. No one take these. This, these are our ideas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. anyway, anyway, we got to talk Jets Dolphins. But first, Mike. First, as I pull up the ad read, we have a message from our friends over at Sleeper because the Jet Press Podcast is partnering with Sleeper Daily Fantasy to give new users a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars, and there's a lot of money. Make sure to use our code FANSIDED2, that's F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D, and the number two, when signing up to receive your deposit match. Please remember to always game responsibly. Scan the QR code on the screen to see if you qualify. Uh, I can vouch for Sleeper. I is Again, it's the only fantasy app that I use. First round of the fantasy playoffs coming up this week, and Nico Collins is hurt. Let's go. Anyway, moving on, Jets Dolphins. <laughs> I finally won last week to stop a five-game losing streak, and I still missed it. I was like, it's top six, make it. I think it was number seven. So. I, I hate to say this, but my fantasy team kind of depends on Tyreek Hill. So I know it's Jets Dolphins, and I know we're about to talk about Tyreek Hill in a different context, but I'm kind of hoping he plays and kind of plays maybe a little well. And the Jets still win. We'll just throw that out there. Anyway, yeah. Jets Dolphins. We can actually talk about it like a legit preview this time. Yes, because there's, there's things to exploit. Yeah. Let's Let's talk about – I mean, this game is going to be Miami offense versus Jets defense. That's what's going to decide this game. Yes. And, it, look, it's easy and fun as Jets fans to, like, dunk on Tua and the Dolphins for some of their performance. But believe me, I was not, like, a huge – I'm not, like, a Tua truther. I recognize the guys he's got around him, Mike McDaniel and all that. And it was kind of great seeing Will Levis, old, old Billy Levis, leading the comeback mm-hmm. as he did while getting crazy testosterone hyped at the end. like. 
And it does further into my thought that the Dolphins are a smidge bit overrated because and, and the, they have beat a good team. That's normally a lazy argument, but we are 15 weeks into the year. Like, what was the signature Dolphins beat? Was it the Broncos? Because again, the Broncos at the time were like the worst team in the league, and then later they figured it out. But like at the time, you know, Buffalo they lost, Philadelphia they lost, the Titans in prime time were not even particularly amazing. They lost to them. Like there are some legitimate playing down to your competition things at Miami here. And now it's going to be exacerbated even more with the whole Tyree Kill injury. Because Tyree Kill, I'm not going to say that he makes Tua because Tua's proven enough, I think, is an accurate player. And I think one thing he is legitimately good at is he throws with anticipation about as well as anybody. Now, Mike McDaniel gives him a huge boost, a huge jetpack that he can use to make up for some of the flaws because he's so creative and so talented. But Tua can make plays on his own, but everything gets amplified when you have Tyree kill because literally he's the scariest player in the league because nobody can run with him. So when he, he knows nobody can run with him and it just gives Mike McDaniel freedom to basically do whatever he wants and make this utterly unique offense when he's not in as fast and as good as Jalen Waddle is, that's where Miami goes from. Oh my God, what the hell do we do to a still good offense, but it's more traditional. And the traditional aspect, I mean, you, you saw the Jet, the Dolphins with Tyree Kill against the Jets. I mean, they were, before that fail Mary play, or the Hell Mary, I believe it's called, the Jets had intercepted Tua twice and were down 10 to 6 at halftime yeah, before man. that crazy play happened. And then later, I mean, they scored some points, but the roof just caved in and Tim Boyle was the quarterback. I mean, they just physically just kind of gave out. But when it was still a game, there were some issues. And now without Tyreek, you probably put sauce on Waddle for a lot of the game. I don't know. Like, and outside of Tua and Waddle, I mean, the Dolphins don't have an amazing receiving core. It's no, mostly those two. Not at all. This could, this could be something the Jets can actually exploit. I agree. I am very confident that the Jets defense is going to have a very good game this Sunday. And Josh Kerr in chat said, will Tua and Tyreek do well against defense? Please say no. Uh Josh Kerr may or may not be the person who is playing me in the fantasy playoffs this week. So <laughs> I'm hoping that maybe they, they get there, you know, they get like a little touchdown in and that's it. But uh, I mean, he's 45 to three and then he gets two touchdowns. Yeah. Yes. That, yes. Yeah. Let that happen, please. That, that is exactly what I want <laughs> to happen. Uh, but I, I think the biggest key going into this game is honestly the health of this Dolphins offense because Tyreek has already said, even though he's banged up, he's probably going to play this week, but he's not 100%. And I think he made it very clear after the game that this is going to be an issue that he has is dealing with for the remainder of the season. It's the ankle with him. And while he may be out there, he's not going to be 100%. Now, Tyreek Hill, even at like 75%, is still one of the best players in the NFL. Uh, but I think even more so, this Dolphins offensive line is very beat up. And I know that's, it's funny coming from the Jets. I mean, we, we've, we've seen our fair share of offensive line injuries this year as well, but this Dolphins offensive line that has played better than they should have this year is very banged up. Teron Armstead is still, I mean, he's hurt every single year. You know, it's wild. Teron Armstead has played six games this year. He is currently the leading vote getter amongst all pro bowl uh, offensive tackles. So, so Jalen Ramsey cornerback. Right. So dude, Dolphins fans are going nuts with the Pro Bowl. They're they're going for the Pro Bowl like Jets fans go for the rookie of the week. Like they are yeah, Robert, they're a very Hunt, online fan base. They are. 
for for better or mostly worse. Robert, Robert, I, I was having a discussion about draft prospects that haven't even come out yet, and yeah. I got like two of people coming in. It's insane. It's kind of insane. <laughs> uh, Robert Hunt and Austin Jackson are both also top ten in Pro Bowl voting for 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 their positions. And I think like the kickers and the long snappers and the special yep, teams. Yep, yep. Yeah, which yep. which is wild because Jason Sanders blows. Uh, Blake Ferguson, fine. One long snap or whatever. I don't care. Uh, Thomas Hennessy should be top 10. He's not, whatever. But uh, this Dolphins offensive line is is very beat up. And specifically, the biggest loss is Connor Williams because he's had a really good season uh, for the Dolphins this year. And he's he's been a large part of the reason that the offensive line has been able to hold up as much as they have. When he went out in that game, he's out for the year now with a torn ACL, you know, if anyone missed that. Uh, when he went out in this path in that last game, it wasn't just Tyreek that went out. It was Connor Williams that went out. And that was a large reason their offense started to struggle because his backup, they don't really have a backup center. His backup's Liam Eikenberg, who is not a center. He, Liam Eikenberg, I love Liam Eikenberg coming out of Notre Dame. It is sad to see that he has been an awful player in the NFL. Uh, I, I think part of it is just because they've moved him around for a bunch. Like they, they played him at tackle and they, they tried him at guard. He's been playing center for them, which is insane because he's not a center and he never played center in college. So I don't know why that's happening. And he's been very bad there. Uh, but with Connor Williams out, it's most likely going to be Liam Eikenberg at center. If not him, I think they have Lester Cotton who could potentially do it. Uh, but it, it's, it's very likely going to be um, uh, Liam Eikenberg at center. And going against this Jets defense, Specifically, Quinn and Williams. That is a very, very, very tall ask for someone who, I mean, legitimately, if he starts at center, he might be the. I don't know if there's a worse starting center in the NFL. It is, as Brian says in chat, very Xavier Newman of them. Yeah, it is. And honestly, I would expect the same level of production out of Liam Eikenberg, who I believe is a second round pick, as what we we saw from Xavier Newman, because he's been that bad. I don't know how many people have paid close attention. I know Dolphins fans will be the first to tell you that Liam Eikenberg is a very bad football player. Uh, and so if he's going up against Quinn and Williams, that is a huge, huge mismatch for the Jets. And another statistic that I saw that kind of lends credence to this argument that, you know, if the Jets if the Jets play well or if the Jets pass rush plays well in this game, that they could win. The Dolphins this season, in games that they have allowed three or more sacks, are 0-4. They have not won a game where they've allowed three or more sacks. And so I think there's a very real chance that the Jets get three or more sacks in this game, obviously, given the state of the Dolphins' offensive line. I think Robert Hunt might miss another week. Uh, so they're playing a backup right guard. He'll be playing next to Liam Eikenberg at center. Toronto Armstead may be back. Even if he's not, uh, honestly, uh, what's his name? Is uh, Kendall Lamb is held up all right at left tackle. Uh, but this it's a beat-up offensive line that was already eh to begin with, uh, and they just lost their best offensive lineman, arguably, in Connor Williams. So I think this Jets pass rush can feast, and if they do – it's going to be a real chance for the Jets to win this game if the offense gives them anything even remotely in the realm of what they did this past week against the Texans. Well, the thing I'm afraid of to be the, the negative guy again, if we're doing point counterpoint here, is like, all right, maybe they won't be able to drop back and throw it 30 yards to Tyreek every play. Well, then they'll just run with their running game. How about Raheem Mostert, who, by the way, has 18 touchdowns this year? Good. I have been on the Raheem Mostert is hashtag good campaign for a very long time. One of the most underrated running backs in the NFL. I think he's more than just a product of like playing in Shanahan systems. I think he's genuinely very good. He, he deserves his respect. I believe he actually leads all running backs in Pro Bowl votes too, which, you know, again. That's actually, I mean, he's leading the league in touchdowns. That's okay. Yeah, that. and Dolphins fans too. But hey, I mean, we, we were talking, I forget if we were talking about this on the show. Is McCaffrey leading? McCaffrey has to be leading the other. He's got to be. If he's not, that's insane. Not, not, Niners were like heavily dominated in Pro Bowl. So I'm sure he is. I, I forget if we talked about this on the show, but we were having a conversation the other day about, um, who the second best running back in football is, because obviously it's Christian McCaffrey is number one. 
Is Raheem Mostert the second best running back? I think he's top five. I'm not even. I, I, I'm not even kidding. I think he's a top five running back. Raheem Mostert deserves a lot of respect. Jets fans shit on because I, I remember in like the the spring when it was all the Dalvin Cook rumors and it was like, oh, Dalvin Cook if he goes to Miami, he'll be RB one. And I'm like, no, he wouldn't. Have we, have we watched Raheem Mostert play the last years? He's good. I think Jeff Wilson's pretty solid, and now they got Devon A-Chain, too. Oh, oh no, Mostert's got to come out of the game. Let's give it to A-Chain, who's averaging right. 9.2 yards a carry. Right. Now, I'm not, gonna here, I'm not going to sit here and say the Dolphins' receiving core is very threatening because Durham Smythe, outside of, obviously, Terry Kill and, and Shayla Waddle, obviously. Uh, I'm talking behind let's, them. Let's like, just give it to our 4-3-2 running back. Yeah, because it's not like Durham a jet Smythe. sweep that basically makes him a receiver. Yeah. That's how you overcome it. Durham Smythe's not going to dominate. Braxton Barrios ain't doing shit. I mean, hopefully he's not doing shit. Wouldn't that be oh, he, well, that's, that'd be such a Jets thing to happen. He, by the way, is the only AFC returner who is ahead of Xavier Gibson in Pro Bowl voting. So there's a real chance Xavier Gibson makes the Pro Bowl. He, is the, <laughs> he has the highest chance right now, at least amongst fan voting, of Jets players to make the Pro Bowl, him and Quincy Williams. Um, but, yeah, you're right. No, the, the, the Dolphins running game is great. I mean, most of no, is a great, very, very good running back. The defense, on the other hand, now since Jalen Ramsey came back, before the Titans game, which honestly, again, they had they played pretty well against the Titans prior to just collapsing near the end. Since Jalen Ramsey came back, I don't think they'd given up more than 21 points in a single game. So they started off really poorly. Since then, Ramsey has been tremendous, and he's probably going to be on Garrett Wilson a lot, which is the one guy. With Brees Hall, he's been struggling lately outside of the Houston game last week. So pretty much the one ultra-consistent weapon the Jets have is Garrett Wilson, and that might get taken away in this game because of Jalen Ramsey. So because of that, this is going to be, if there was ever a game for Brees Hall and this freaking offensive line to just dominate as a run-blocking unit and for Hall to convert those wins into yards, I mean, this is the game. Like, Jalen Phillips is hurt, unfortunately, because he's a very good player. Bradley Chubb is okay, but not like I can anchor the whole defensive line at this point. He's, which, been, re- he's been really good this year. He's had a much better year. I was I, on, I, I was on the Bradley Chubb is okay bandwagon for a while, but I think he's been pretty good this year. I, I, I don't, I still think Jalen Phillips is better. Unfortunately, he's hurt, but I, I think, I think I'm giving more respect to Chubb given what he's done this year. But also, it's a product that like he, he's good, but it's not like you know Miles Garrett or T.J. Watt yeah, where like you just let you, them man. dominate. Like he's not at that level yet. And the linebacking core, I don't think, is particularly good at all. Yeah, and Jerome Baker's hurt. And Jerome Baker's hurt. So this is a game where I know that the success last week came from letting Zach air it out and take chances. Well, part of the reason he was able to air it out and take chances was Garrett Wilson was open every single play. He might not be in this game. So this is actually – I don't want to see Jets fans bitching about, oh, well, you know, you got to – all these runs on second down, hack it, blah, blah, blah. All right, normally that's fine, but th- this is the game where you got to be a little flexible and I think take advantage of Brees Hall. Like if Brees Hall has 10 carries in this game, I think that means Zach Wilson's throwing the ball 35 times and he's going to be targeting Jalen Ramsey a ton. That's not a recipe for success. If, if Brees has 10 carries, I'm also expecting him to have 10 targets. I, I think that they could attack – I mean, we saw this this past week. That was – I think Brees Hall was at his best when he was in the receiving game. He had – what, eight catches, 92 yards, something like that, and only 40 yards on the ground. I imagine they could get something very similar in this game, partially because they're pretty thin and weak at linebacker. Their safeties are banged up. Javon Holland is hurt. Pretty sure Deshaun Elliott is banged up as well. He's always banged up. Uh, so that they have, they've had some injuries there. I still think, you know, Jalen Ramsey is obviously amazing, and he's the best player in that defense. If it wasn't for Tyreek Hill, I'd say he's the best player in the team. Uh, but I still think the strength of this Dolphins defense 
is with their pass rush, is with their front four. Uh, even with Jalen Phillips out, I think I'd still say that. Bradley Chubb is great. Uh, Christian Wilkins is having a career year. Guys like Andrew Van Ginkle and Zach Sealer, who aren't necessarily household names. I feel like Zach Sealer is like their John Franklin Myers, where he's consistently been very good. I the think last he's year. their Bryce Huff. Well, he's isn't like he more, like, Zach Sealer? Like, I feel like he's, well, he's more like isn't he more like a tweener? Like, and I mean, like, like how they view him and oh, like okay. you know, like his status within the fan base. True, true. Where it's like he's like an underrated guy. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, I think they're him. Him and Van Ginkle are both. Names who a lot of fans don't know, but they've had really good seasons. Sealer's been good for the last few years. Uh, so I still think their, their their strength is in that pass rush. I'm pretty sure they have more sacks than the Jets do this year, which that doesn't mean they have a better pass rush than the Jets. But it is notable that, look, look, they got a very good pass rush. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a tall task for the offensive line this week to hold up, uh, and that could be an issue. But I will say I'm glad that Zach Wilson's the guy back there and not Tim Boyle or even Trevor Simeon because – this past week, Zach Wilson was under pressure a lot of the game, and he was still making plays. So as long as he can do something you know, close to that again, Jets have a real chance to win this game. Uh, I, I I don't know if this I'm going to go still as far. Zach Wilson game. beating a Vic Fangio defense, which – I know, and those are the defenses that usually give him trouble. Those yeah, that's, that's what I'm afraid of. Those aggressive, blitz-heavy defenses but, like a Wink Martindale or what – Remember his rookie year in Denver? That was one of the yeah. worst starts beginning to end I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I know circumstances, but uh, you, people remember that game. Like, you saw some shit in, in that game, and that you know was Vic Fangio. It's going to make me even more mad when the Jets' offense scores three points this week. Because we – like, I'm not, not to be that – I'm be immediately negative. I'm just like – it just hit me because I was thinking – I was like, oh, man, they, they have a chance this and this. And I'm like, damn, they're going to score six points on Sunday. I'm going to be so – I'm going to be so sad because I'm going to be like, what happened, man? Like, what We've seen it. We've seen it already. Zero excuses, Nathaniel. Maybe Hackett. we didn't see it. Maybe it was a fever dream. That's what I said after the game. I was like, "Is it? I was like, is yeah. this real? Because if somebody put that in the comments, they're like, am I dreaming? And you were like, no, it's real. I'm like, Mike, are we sure? Are we sure this is this is real? Uh, we're, like that, we're like that Japanese guy who um, that he was like living on an island for 30 years and he still thought World War II was going on when they found him. I don't know about that. They found a guy like living in the jungle in like the 70s. God, he was terrible. a Japanese soldier in World War II, and he still thought the war was going on because no one found him or told him. I feel they're like, like he had- they're like it's over. Like yeah, they're like they did, the Jets didn't score thirty points. They're like no, they scored three point zero. What feel happened? Like, I feel like he definitely had it worse than us. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're not comparing the the levels of suffering here. But I mean, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I, uh, look, we'll get to prediction time now. Because I don't know, I, I can't. I'm not gonna predict. I'm not gonna pick them to win. I, I can't. I can't. In good conscience, do that to myself. But if the Jets' offense plays even 60 percent of what they did on Sunday, I think the Jets win this game. Because I, I'm very confident that the defense is gonna is gonna do a lot to limit this Dolphins' offense. Tyree Kill is not 100. percent The offensive line is very banged up. Uh, the Dolphins' offense struggles when two is under pressure. They struggle when when Tyreek isn't at his best. They just lost their best offensive lineman, and now they're starting a guy who probably should not be playing in the NFL right now. I, I think there's a, a, a I think the Jets' defense is going to have a great game, but I just I cannot have confidence in the Jets' offense until they show me they can do it again. And so, with that, I will pick the Dolphins to win, and I'll say I'll say twenty four to ten. I'll say twenty four ten. I'll say ten. I'll say it's a letdown game. I think the offense folds again. Whatever happens, you know, Bradley Chubb proves you wrong, gets three sacks. I don't know. I, like, I don't know. Billy Turner, well, he's probably not. I don't know if Billy Turner would start, but if he does start, he regresses, whatever. I I, I think I think it's a letdown. I, 
my the 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 rational part of my brain is like you've seen this story before. It's going to be a letdown game for the Jets, but I'm hoping. I'm hoping that they find a way to win. I'm disappointed. This is on the road in Miami too. This was at home. I don't I'm know. I'm just. I'm glad it's not. I'm glad it's grass, man. I'm glad it's not turf. I'm glad it's because every like the every single game the Jets play at MetLife. There's multiple. Like I'm. I'm. I'm get, I get annoyed when the Jets play at home at this point. Also, by the way, seven of the nine games the Jets have played at, at MetLife this year, including the one road game against the Giants, have been rainy. This week against against the Dolphins in Miami, it's supposed to rain. What is this? What, what, what is were the What were the ones that didn't rain? Kansas City. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I don't think it rained in Kansas City. Um, I don't know. I saw that stat earlier today. I don't know the ones that didn't rain, but Kansas City's one of them, probably. I don't remember it raining the in Giant? No, no, not no, oh, the, the first one, rained. right? Giants first rained. rained. Oh, yeah, Monday night. Monday night, the first the first game of the year. So it's all been in a row because the other ones it's, were early. It's also been both primetime games, Sunday and Monday night. Oh, okay, okay. I see you, NFL, and your yeah, weather machines. Yeah. Prime so, time, it clears up. Okay. You notice how outside of that one Super Bowl, it never rains at the Super Bowl? Outside of the one where yeah. Peyton Manning beat Rex Grossman? But well, anyway. As as is uh, customary, injury report coming out right as we're finishing the podcast, or right around when we're finishing. Uh, Zach Wilson was limited today with a knee injury. Salah said that was the case on Monday, so nobody freak out. He said that he had the knee injury, and he's he's fine. Uh, I imagine he heard it when he Every, Yeah, Salah says he's fine. That doesn't reassure me. So I said that Vera Tucker was fine, and then it's like about the year. It does not sound like there's any indication that he's not going to play. Or I think I think Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall might also be in the injury report. I think that was hinted at. Uh, I'm pretty confident that like there's no worries about them. Yeah. So Tipman, Joe Tipman got hurt. Robert Sala was like, uh, you know, uh, this young man. Uh, it's a bit. It's a big one. And then he missed like a week. Yeah. <laughs> Tipman was also on the injury report, which shouldn't be a surprise since he left Sunday's game and then came back with an injury. Brees Hall limited, Mackay Beckton limited, Nick Bowden limited, Max Mitchell. Max Mitchell limited makes me think he'll play. I'm limited with sucking. <laughs> we can't even have you practice. Just go over there and hurt <laughs> medicine balls. We can't even have you practice. Uh, Quincy Williams also limited um, with a knee injury. Mitchell, him being limited makes me think he's going to play. Uh, oh, Solomon Thomas was uh, did not practice with a knee injury, so hopefully he plays. Um, but Mitchell limited makes me think he's going to play. Unfortunately, I don't want him to play. I'd rather Billy Turner play at the very least. I'd rather Carter Warren play. Cause at least he might have a future next year, but anyway, all right, Mike, what is your prediction? Who's winning this game? Dolphins 27 jets 20. And Ooh. that's because partially, I mean, how many, they forced three turnovers the last time they played them. I mean, yeah. two of them right after another, it was 10 to six at halftime. Yeah. So maybe I think two is going to probably, and two has even said in Mike McDaniel's system, like because so much of its timing, you know, this guy's going to be there soon, throw it to him. He's like, I've made my peace with the fact that you're going to throw interceptions in the system. Yeah. And Mike McDaniel even says like, you're going to do it. Like they, they've both been on record with that. So because of that, I think there might be a couple turnovers in this game. Maybe they get some short fields. They give the Jets some advantageous positions. Like if they have to drive 85 yards against Vic Fangio every single drive, they're not going to score points that way. But I think they'll get put in some situations. I just I like Mike McDaniel as a creator too much as a coach. Yeah. And I just feel like even with Tyreek out, like he's gonna find some way to get even an, an 85%, 80% Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle, like one-on-one with a linebacker or Jordan Whitehead or somebody like that. And then there's gonna be a big 70-yard play. Like that. Jordan Waddle's totally getting beat for a big touchdown. He's he isn't he? It's totally oh, yeah. and, and the fans are gonna be doing that. All right, look, I know it's the name. And I know, and, and this is not like Jets, because I've said Jets celebrations are dumb, and I love some rival celebrations. The Jalen Waddle one is just stupid. 
I know that's his name, so I get what they do. I look, I 100% get it. He's fine to do it. Stop him from scoring if you don't like it, but look, it just looks so silly. If I was a Jets fan, or if he was on the Jets, you'd love it. Like, come no, on. I, I wouldn't even. I go, have some decor and we're a right. so I mean, that. are we going to sit here and say that the Quinn and Williams sack celebration is not silly? Or that, 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 I, that looks cooler than Ice Huff doing like a half ass Charleston or whatever, or the, the what is not the Charleston, the. Uh, what's the dance? Whatever I, you know, Bryce have sack, sack celebration. You're gonna say that that's not silly. I mean, or like remember the Sean Merriman thing, like that whole thing, like that yeah. was silly. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, okay. I think sack celebrations could be one of two things. They could be objectively silly, like Quinn and Williams or Bryce Hop, or, or, or another Jet, Mark Gastineau. You kind of started sure. it. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was the guy who basically started the sack celebration. Yeah. I, I think they could be silly like that, but then they could also be like the badass. Like I feel like Quincy Williams is so cool. I, I know it's just a fist pump, but it's like the like the the velocity in which he gets on the fist pump is is great. But anyway, I feel like he's doing like a Ric Flair woo when he does that. Yeah. Oh, it's you can hear it like a half-assed floss is what Patrick said in chat. Yeah, kind of. Honestly, yeah. The Bryce Huff thing is like a half-assed floss. That's kind of what it is. Uh. Oh, Brian and chat, it didn't rain against Chiefs and Chargers. That's right. Of course it rained against the Bills. That contributed to – it was like, oh, you know, the MetLife turf, Rogers, then his oh, wet. Oh, yeah, the Chargers, turf. yeah. And, Chargers. oh, yeah, that never. so never mind. The whole weather thing doesn't work because it was perfect weather against Chargers. Yeah. And we saw some some ass in 4K HD. Some ass in 4K? What? what did we say? Zach Wilson playing like – Oh, oh I, I was like – Yeah, I should have worded that better. I thought you were literal. You should have worded that better. Yeah, it was it was all above board and G rated. It just was not. It was just not pleasing. I was like, man, I missed that game. What happened? <laughs> How is oh, this on network TV? What's going on here? I feel like every show we do, and like it devolves at the very end. Just... <laughs> I mean, look, if there's no Aaron Rodgers, like if Aaron Rodgers was here, yeah. and we're talking about the first off. This would be the biggest game of the week if Aaron Rodgers was playing oh, yeah. and the Jets in a couple. We didn't even talk like. like we didn't even talk. I'm sorry, not to cut you off. We didn't even talk about the fact that Aaron Rodgers, like, if the Jets beat the Dolphins, there's a chance Aaron Rodgers comes back against Washington. Like, there's a totally a chance of that. Uh, I know we're an hour and twelve, and we didn't talk about that yet, but that's a possibility. Uh, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and as Fernando says, JJ with the hammer down. That's yeah, a that's one. a great one. That's oh, a great one. That's a really good. And one. if he was on the Dolphins doing that, I'm like, all right, that's a cool one. Yeah. Jalen Waddles isn't cool. That's all right. Actually, dude, come at me. I'm ahead. I've I've said nice things about the Jaguars because I trashed Tampa and Miami already in this show. And actually, before the show, we were making fun of Orlando. So, man, I can't go to Florida anytime soon. The was in Orlando, and we're like, what the hell, man? They had the option of Hawaii and Vegas, and they chose a swamp in the middle of Florida. Like, what are we doing? (laughs) Okay, now, let's be civil. Orlando is like, it's basically a big swamp, if we're being real. (laughs) So with that, I think it's time to call time on this episode of the Jeff Press. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, you can find us after the Dolphins game this Sunday mm-hmm. where we'll be doing our reaction stream. Hopefully it's more like the Texans one and less like the – I think the Raiders one was the angriest we were this year. The, the Chargers the Chargers one. The Chargers was when we were the most angry. So hopefully it's less like that and more like Houston. Thank you guys so much for joining the stream, however you may be. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube at the Jet Press and TikTok. Make sure to download it on Spotify, Apple, Google, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast, because we're on all those platforms. Justin, sign us off. I'll say this. The Jets have made me care again. And because they've made me care, I have expectations going into the Dolphins game. And so I'm very concerned and very worried. And I just don't want to be let down. I don't. I, if they play well enough and lose, that's fine. But I just... I'm worried, Mike, because I have expectations. 
and I have some kind of hope and I care. So I'm not apathetic anymore. I don't know. I just wanted to say that before, you, before I signed off, I wanted to say that I care and I'm not happy that I care, but I do care about the Sunday's game. So hopefully when we come on after Sunday's game, I'm not mad because I will be mad at that point. It'll, it won't be apathy. I'll be upset. Uh, and I don't want to be upset. I don't want to be upset a week before Christmas. So hopefully we're talking about a Jets win. But anyway, thank you all for joining us on the show today. You can follow Mike on Twitter at by Michael Chiano. Follow me on Twitter at Justin T. Freed. Follow the Jet Press at the Jet Press. Download the Jet Press podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube and TikTok. Subscribe, like, hit that notification bell. You guys know what to do. We stream live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time and live immediately following every single Jets game. Thank you all for listening to Jet Press Podcast. I've been Justin Freed. That has been Mike Luciano. We will see you guys on Sunday. See you on Sunday. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.